What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This Habermann Middlecoff segment is brought to you by Manscaped.com. Manscaped.com, promo code HAM, 20% off. Go support. And Ease.com and EaseWellness.com. Ease.com, EaseWellness.com, promo code HAM, $20 off, over $50 purchase. Now to the pod segment. We talked about Niners receivers. Niners receivers are becoming one of the more interesting uh, topics to me here. Because Barrows wrote a story. Now, he wasn't the only one to write a story that came out today. John Middlecoff had a Niner story that came out in The Athletic today. So go read that. Um, but I'm not quoting that here. Uh, Barrows did a mailbag, and somebody asked, do you think Dante Pettis has regressed? He goes on to say, I don't think Pettis has regressed. Shanahan feels he's talented enough to be a great, a great receiver and wants to put pressure on him to reach that status. That's also why Richard Sherman pushes Pettis in practice, said Richard Sherman, quote, I know what he's capable of. If he wasn't capable of being incredibly successful and being a great player, a number one receiver in this league, then who am I to try and pull something impossible out of him? But he's definitely capable. He's beyond capable. He's incredibly talented, end quote. Here's what I think about. We talked about it a little bit the other day, John, but I was thinking about it more and reading the story about, you know, they're not starting him because they want to get the most out of him. And I've said it, I was shocked when the Niners drafted him in the second round, drafted him in the second round. Here's the opinion I'm moving forward with now, or at least that I'm developing here. We'll watch in the preseason, early part of the season. I think Jalen Hurd is a better prospect than Dante Pettis. Um, I talked to a buddy, I texted a buddy of mine who saw Baylor a bunch last year and who sees the Pac-12 a lot, and I said, am I crazy here, or do you think Hurd could be a better prospect than Pettis? Joe Klatt? No, not Joe Klatt. And he said, yes. I think Hurd's a better prospect. Charles Davis? Pettis. I texted somebody else who you know well. I said, who do you think was a better prospect coming out? They said Hurd. Bruce Feldman? So, you know a lot of people well. So Howie Roseman? I texted Andy Reid, John. Uh, so, I don't, like the idea that he's not ahead of those guys or they're making him earn it, that's great. And we talked about it. I think if those guys are good enough that they're a one and a two and he's a number three, fine. But this whole thing where it's like there's a number one receiver inside his body, I don't want to discount what Richard Sherman says because his opinion obviously matters. But I, 
I, I think there's just a chance that Jalen Hurd's just a better player, and that might be okay. Well, when you say better prospect, from a physical standpoint, it's not a question. But he, I, I don't really ever remember a player, like players change positions in college. Like when you're going to do these college games, like you can do it to Washington State or Washington or Arizona, you see these young guys, right? They get them in school. They don't even know what position they play. And before they actually become a quote-unquote player, they move positions. Like that, that shit happens normally in college. Their redshirt year. Because a lot of people, what you don't see, the NFL can't do this. In college, like at least at Fresno State, on Sundays, all the red shirts, they we would have a game. They would play. It's yeah. actually pretty smart by it Coach is. Hill. Yeah. And so every red shirt, and not just red shirts guy, if you were a if you were a red shirt freshman, like you dress on game day, but you don't play yet, you play in that game too. So like Derek's rookie year, he was the all time quarterback for that game. Or I mean his freshman year when he was he wasn't he redshirted the next year, but he was the backup, but he wasn't playing. So you and you start and you mess with guys that way. I think in college, this guy was a starting running back in the SEC and was fucking good. He started as a true freshman with guys like Alvin Kamara on the roster. His second year, he ran for 1,200 yards. But then you see him in person, you're like, he doesn't look like a running back. And for whatever reason, he quit. But he didn't really quit. He just wanted to change positions. Tennessee didn't really want him to do that, so he transferred. And then he had some success because it's not like he had 10. He had 48 catches. But I still think there's a lot of unknown. He was a little older of a player. Because he started at Tennessee, I think, in 14. And by the time he was at Baylor, that was 18. So it was like five years later. But he was a unique prospect. When you say better prospect, I think there was just a huge amount of unknown with him. There, There is no disputing. His physical characteristics, size, strength, versatility are better than Dante. Now, you'd say, I, I pulled up Dante's college stats. Dante's last two years at Washington on teams that were like top five, right? His, his second year, or his second to last year, 16, they went to the college football playoffs. So they were one of the best teams in the country. Yeah. He had 53 catches and averaged 15 yards a catch and had 15 touchdowns for one of the best teams in the country. That's pretty good. And the next year, a little less yards, but he had more catches, a little less touchdowns, and averaged 12 yards a catch. Like, he was really productive for two years. And he was this elite punt returner. So I texted a couple people just in the league, like, what'd you think? A lot of people that... Again, playoff, playoff teams, no big deal. They're like, yeah, we had him as a third rounder. Pick. Head-to-head sources. But I, do I think, like, if if two teams that I talk to have him as a third-round pick and the Niners take him and pick 41, that's not that egregious. Like, to me, an egregious is, I talked to three teams, they had him as a six-rounder, he goes in the first. Like, that's a problem. Or vice versa. They had him as a second, you got him in the sixth. You're like, that's a steal. I think Jalen, for the most part, I feel pretty confident if we just pulled the league, most people probably have him third round-ish range. Kind of where the Which Niners is where they got him. got him, yeah. I think you could argue Dante, if you pulled the league, probably Niners a little overdraft, but most people liked. Now, there, I think there are questions like, he's not a super tough guy. The league didn't view him this way. They thought he was soft. And what has he immediately been exposed for by these two young cats? They're not soft. Jalen attacks the ball. He blocks. Debo's just tough. So... It's my issue with C.J. Beathard and Nick Mullins. Like, Kyle, just because you drafted Nick or C.J. in the third round, you get credit for Nick Mullins now, too. Like, they're they're all equals. So if Nick Mullins becomes a much better player than C.J., no one cares. Like, all that matters is you coach one of them up to become the better player. So if if Debo and 
Jalen become really good players, like we'll easily forget Dante Pettis. And in a perfect world, and we talked about this last week or maybe earlier this week, they should balance him out a little bit because they're two tough guys. One's an enormous, big, like, red zone target. The other one's, like, a versatile, just solid receiver. And Dante's more, in theory, a speed, kind of deep threat. Because he, in college, he averaged almost 14 yards a catch guy on 163 catches. Like, I don't think you luck into that number. That's that's pretty impressive. Now, is the Pac-12 the SEC? No. But... He went against pretty good DBs every day in practice. Yeah, I mean, look, so the the year that you read was 15 yards a catch and 15 touchdowns was John Ross was the number one receiver. And the next year it was like, all right, what now? Because now Dante is going to be the number one guy. And like you said, he was still really productive. It's harder to be as productive when you're the clearly the best receiver. I mean, it benefited John Ross that he had Dante Pettis. It goes, it's a two-way street. Well, I think here's what, here's what adding these two guys, though, do is they, they put kind of a magnifying glass on Dante. Well, it's like, Dante, you've been in the league now. You were productive. Like, are you good enough to hang with these guys? Because it already feels like, are they passing you? But that's my like ultimate point, They're passing John, everyone. Is I feel like they sh- I feel like they're... Like, Debo was drafted higher than he was, and I don't think it's crazy to say Jalen Hurd is a better prospect. So, yeah, they might be passing him. Now, all that said about him, that doesn't necessarily mean he's not capable of playing the best role for him, which... Like we said last last pot, I think if he's your number one receiver, number three receiver, you're in pretty good shape, actually. Um, if you also have you know Trent Taylor back from his foot and a tight end that can catch, which they do. So, who actually? Uh, someone just texted me. He's out today. Calf tightness. That's terrifying. Uh, n- number eighty five. That's. Uh, I, I don't know much, but I know that they there there is no team without that guy. Like if they're gonna be good. Or be competitive. They like if he misses eight games or something, they fucked. Kittle. Do, yeah. do we agree on that? Yeah. <laughs> that's that's an injury you can't uh, overcome. I, I sometimes, for, but here here's the counter because it's easy to say he's a better prospect and it's just so clear how good he is. We've seen a lot of Jalen Hurd types, you know, just this physical special body type that's super versatile. Suck. In it just throughout the NFL. Like, guys like him are drafted every year in the second and third round, and they just stink. Now, every once in a while, you just hit this home run, and maybe the Niners hit a home run, and it kind of feels that way because he's just – it's pretty natural when it jumps off. And it's not, to me, even the preseason game. The preseason game just establishes toughness. I, I loved him since Tennessee as a running back. So his natural instincts in space as a runner, he's used to. Like, he has shit that, like, some guys just aren't going to have. Now, can he stay healthy? There were some questions with the makeup, but I think the makeup questions were surrounded by this kind of weird tapping out at Tennessee, which I think he'd counter, which I just wanted to play a different position. They wouldn't let me, so I left. Some people viewed him as quitting. I just viewed it as changing my career. Like, I didn't want to play running back. I wasn't going to last. Right. And he had seen different guys come in and out, transferring and fail, you know, so... Maybe he was right. Maybe he was well, I think curve. he was right, John. He was drafted as a third-round receiver. Have so, you ever seen a running back body type like him? I never have. Not that tall. That's in the NFL. Um, because Brandon Jacobs was like two hundred and fifty pounds. He yeah. Was tall. 
That's a good one, but he's not the same body type. Because he looks like a receiver when you see him, right? He just looks like a big physical receiver. Yeah. Well, that's Brandon Jacobs was 6'4", 265. <laughs> so, like, he already won when he got drafted in the third. Let me ask you this. If he had had another year like the one he had as a running back, how high would he have been drafted? Yeah, I mean, probably at the earliest third round. So he already won round. by not being a running back in the NFL and being a receiver instead. He wasn't going to get drafted any higher. It's, he it was won. already the he right won. decision. He won. The last thing you he want won. to be right now is a third-round running back. He was right. Well, yeah, for because you're not going to get make that much, and then no one's going to pay you after. But you'll get to play right away. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you might be on a championship level team, but they're going to run you Are we sure that Jalen Hurd won't get some carries for the Niners? This no, year. I think he might. Yeah, it's just which is fine, just not thirty a game. It's better for your career. But well, he, here's where I also think he benefits. I can never say this guy's name right. Corderell Patterson. I say it correct. Cordell. Cordero. Cordero. He is kind of a positionless player, but he's everywhere he goes. People kind of like him. They're like, God, he's, he just kind of got us something that we don't have. But it's like, what? What is he? Because he like can't really learn the route trees, but he definitely, if you get the ball in his hands in space, it's what you want. Running back's the easiest, but he's not really a running back, but he kind of is now. I think this guy has a chance to be just a much more complete player. Now, if Patterson had been a third-round pick years ago by Minnesota, I think people would be like, that's a success. Like, he's had a very successful career. But he was a first-round pick, and when the Raiders got him, it was like, you know, he kind of underachieved in Minnesota. But I, I think, and that's where we always talk about the Solomon Thomas and Bosa and just any player. You see it with Colton Miller and Carl Joseph. The round you get picked on, like one thing Jalen has going for him, I think why you're so high on him and why you're just like, God, this is better. Because you just view him like, how did this guy last the third round? When you have that third round, you're like, we got George Kittle, they got him in the fifth round? That to me changes the narrative on a player. Yeah, that's true. Like part of Dante Pettis is, was anyone going to take him in the second round? How did the Niners get him? Oh, they true. traded up for him? So it's a double whammy. Yeah. And I would say the first round is where when you're not good enough, you take heat. The top half of the second round, when you kind of underachieve, people are kind of hard on you too. Not quite first round, but people are like, God, you drafted him in the top 10 in the second round? Right. Right? Right. Yeah, so there you're is right. Some, part there is of, pressure on him. Part of, if I'm going to recognize my bias, and I like the guy coming out of college a lot, but that I was surprised when he was a second round. If we just go back to his draft day, when he got drafted, I went, whoa, I did not think that. I'd spend probably way too much of my uh, young adult life over these last seven, eight years watching a just a shitload of football on Saturdays. I mean, I had the market cornered for sitting on a couch and watching football with a lot of other people on Saturdays these last six, seven years. I watched a lot of Pac-12 football. And I'd say the two guys that when they were drafted, I got a pretty good beat because I'll notice a guy, I'll text a guy, just keeping up with who's who. There'll be some Polynesian sometimes. I feel like Utah has some names that I just can't even spell the name, so I don't really text about, and they ended up going in the second round. I, I wasn't really on them. But it's more just their names confuse me. I think the Saints have a guy I think that's pretty good that was drafted pretty high. Utah, they run. But if you play for Washington, you play for UCLA, if you're going to be a top 100 pick in the NFL draft, I know who you are. And to me, the two guys that were like on draft day, 
my jaw hit the floor because I felt like I didn't have the information have been Colton Miller and Dante Pettis. Colton might be a little crazier because he went in the pick 15, but he's also an offensive lineman. Like, usually receivers. Like, when you say in the Pac-12 for receivers, we got a pretty good idea who's going to go in the top, like, 50, 60 picks. And when a guy comes out of nowhere, and this guy didn't come out of nowhere, but no one was talking about him like a top 50 pick. Well, I'll add a guy for you, which you didn't even remember that you forgot because he hasn't played an NFL game yet. I bet when Drew Sample got drafted in the second round this year, the tight end from Washington by the Bengals, pick 52, everybody went, whoa. See, and I felt like I had, and I I don't know if you went in the second or third round, but I was hearing more people blow the tight end from San Jose State, who I think went in the third round. Uh, uh, Otten or something like that? Yeah, people were just talking about him more. Was the Washington guy even productive? Uh, I don't think he caught a ton of balls. So yeah, but I I would say tight end sometimes can trick you that way because in an offense, yeah. he caught uh, caught twenty five balls, John. I don't think Kittle had that many catches his senior year, but he also went in the fifth round. Right, <laughs> this guy went in the second round of the Bengals. Are we sure the Bengals know what they're doing? They, they they actually when they're on, like they can have a stretch of like five years. You're like, God damn, the Bengals have a good roster. You uh, yeah, it's true. <laughs> Mike, you know, it's like, well, I can't, I can't, like, the, they would say, you never put me in the same breath as a Raiders, like, of acquiring players. Check our resume the last yeah. 15 years. You can't make as much fun of Mike Brown as you want to. No, it's it's really unfair, because he has established that he can find some players. Wasn't he just executive of the year a few years ago? Yeah, like, guy, they made the playoffs, like, eight of the last, like, over a nine-year stretch. Like, they were going to the playoffs every year. Now, they weren't winning any playoff games, but they were going. Uh, what about the... Uh, you 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 ready for uh, week two of uh, Mullins and uh, Beathard, the big battle? A little less less reps for them this week, John. I mean, I just I, I'm ready for the preseason to be over. It did hit me though, because it's kind of clear that we're getting two preseason games coming. What are TV networks going to do for inventory for the first half of August? Like like ESPN show ESPN has a Raider game on Thursday, then they have a Niner game on Monday. Like don't. Like the networks don't want these preseason games to go away, right? They don't care that Nick they Mullins don't. Or but Peterman. if the trade is two more regular season games, it's worth the trade. But what if we don't get that? Well, yeah, if we don't get that, but th- like, you think we're going sixteen games and only two preseason games? You think that would not be on the table? Uh, I'd be surprised. Like, I they, when is the what, NFL operated like that? We'll just give extra, with nothing in return. What about an extra playoff round? So add playoff teams, that's probably worth the trade. Would you do that? Add a couple teams? Uh, Look, no, but yeah. <laughs> like, it's one of those, like, is it fair? Well, w- whatever. Is more playoff games going to be a net positive? Yes. Financially, yes. Would you? So well, you would give double, would you give double buys to your best teams? Because I don't want my 14-2 and two team losing early. Yeah, you, you would have to treat them, yeah. You give them a buy. Treat it like I, I don't, I, I'd have to think of how the math works. Because wouldn't you say basketball by far is the easiest? Baseball and football are hard to make the playoffs. Like if you make the playoffs at the end of the year in baseball or football, that is an accomplishment yes. in itself, yes. right? Yes. I'd even argue if you added a team, you'd probably have to average two teams on each side. That'd still be pretty difficult. Because there would be a lot of like nine and seven teams probably miss. Just like in baseball, we're going to have, I mean, the A's might miss this year and win 95 games. Yeah. 
So I think 97 is what you need. I, I'm not opposed to it just because maybe you could stretch out that week. Maybe you could have two wild card weekends. I, I don't know. I'd have to think about it. I don't have like a, I don't have a, an idea really necessarily. I, I just, it does feel like these, we're not going to have four preseason games the next CBA now. And I don't know if that automatically means we're getting another regular season game or two regular season games. Now, could they do the two regular season games and give double buys? That becomes a little more complicated because that means every team has to get their one first buy within an eight-game stretch, and then the second buy would be or two nine. You know, however you do it. Clearly, they have computers and algorithms they could figure it out. But you start thinking about it, it's a little more complicated, right? Just for national televised games and just some stuff. Yeah, like they they, they got it. They have a pretty good setup right now. Like in a perfect world, do they really want to mess with the setup? Probably not, but if they are going to mess with the setup, the league keeps saying we're only going to do it for more regular season games because it's more money for us all, and you got these coaches bitching and moaning about the preseason, so it's one of those easy ones you kind of give in the preseason, but I'd argue if I'm a player, like if, you, if you're if you Jared Goff, what the fuck does preseason mean to you? You don't play in the games anyway. You're saying why would you dislike it? Yeah, why would you fight, you know, unless you're getting a huge something on the back end, you know, that's... Oh, we just gave you a couple preseason games off. And Jared Goff's like, I haven't played the preseason game in exactly. five years. Why do I care? But he's not alone. There, there are countless teams now where the starter doesn't really play. Yeah, well, that's my. How how much do the players really hate it? It's to me, it's more reps for the guy who's trying to make the team. Like, do you think if we got Van Der Esch on the phone right now and be like, "Did you mind playing in that game?" I bet he would say, "No, I I kind of like just getting in the in the in the game rhythm of preparing that day. I only played a series." You know, it's not like, and then I come out and I take off my helmet and someone hands me a bag of barbecue seeds and I eat a hot dog at halftime. Right. I'm not, I'm not fucking, I don't have a, I don't have a shovel in my hand in uh, concrete here. It's not that difficult. Now well, I think where it gets scary for these guys, if I do get hurt in the preseason and they put me on injury reserve, a lot of guys contracts, injury reserve, you don't get paid the same. So I do lose money if I do get injured in a, I get, I'm going to get injured in a regular season game. Shit happens. I hate the feeling of getting injured in a preseason game. I could even stomach getting injured in practice, but a preseason game, that stinks. But those aren't the guys who who have the loudest voices, right? Is that really what's what people No, 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 but about? I'm just saying I'm saying losing if a starter gets hurt in a preseason game. Yeah. Which doesn't feel that it happens that much cuz their their exposure so limited now, right? More guys get hurt in practice. Way more. <laughs> guys are dropping like flies in practice. Look at Kittle, calf titus. That's gotta be that's gotta be scary. They, you know, texting with someone with the Niners yesterday. Just little nicks, little things. I'm like, yeah. I mean, I understand why you're saying that because you got to stay in the right mindset. But on the outside, I don't think people think it's oh, just a bunch of little shit. <laughs> Most people, just the common casual fan, when you just say you just go to a 49er fan, like 49ers, what's the first thing they say? They're like, God, why can't we keep anyone healthy? Yeah, that to me is one of the number one conversations you just had a normal conversation with a 49er fan. Injuries. Well, this is where, like, the truth, the reality matters. So, if it's all Knicks and everyone's going to be ready to roll week one, great. It's if D Ford's ready to roll week one and Trent Taylor's back week two or three and Jimmy's healthy and these receivers are good and offensive line stays fine, then great. But, like, let's say this let's say Antonio Brown can't go week one. I don't reflect that on the Raiders at all. Like, they had nothing to do with him not being able to go, right? Now, they acquired this, 
and they they create they they got a hold of this just kind of clown show. But I I don't blame them really one iota for him burning his feet. I mean, no one's ever heard of this, so it's like that. I blame Antonio. But if it might have been the person if, operating the little machine. But if we get to week one and Bosa and D Ford are out, that's a reflection of the Niners. Uh, well, D Ford might be. I don't know that Bosa is. The D Ford, if if we think they mismanaged how much he should practice, I think if it, it, they will take heat if Nick Bosa is not ready week one, that'll just be a bad look. Yeah, again, but this is where I say bad look. It, you start to worry about is this just a perpetually hurt player? I don't know that there was anything they could have done to prevent Nick Bosa from getting hurt, though. Like I don't think. We have any evidence of that. Well, but this gets back to what they could have done is just taking the other guy who stays healthy. Right, but I'm just saying him being out week one, to me, is it's too early for the Niners screwed this but, up. But, but here's another curveball. He's out week one, the pass rush looks terrible, you lose. You yeah. see how it snowballs quick. It, it definitely snowballs quick. Now, but, you week one, he's what, out, you win, no big deal. Now, you lose all the, the pass <laughs> rush. But again, what all the drama is and what the reality is, there is an important distinction, and so... Uh, like he'll that'll be judged over the course of two three years with him, or at least over this year. Raider fans, you don't think I'll talk shit about the Niners? <laughs> I'm ready. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.